your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to drop us a like, follow, subscription, review, whatever it is you want to do on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I thought there would be some fun topics to cover. The first is I'll give some thoughts on Winnipeg versus San Jose, which was one of the last weekend games before we had a bit of a break until tomorrow night. After that, I thought I would talk a little bit about some of my favorite players of the week. Uh, I think this might be a series that I go forward with. Every week, we're going to highlight a couple of players that pulled off some incredible individual feat or technical skill, and I'll point you in the direction of uh, what those plays were and whether or not you should go find the video footage and check it out because a lot of these plays were simply amazing, and I think they're actually worth highlighting. Highlighting. I've seen this kind of stuff with like team of the week and maybe like a, a top performance uh, for like a single soccer match, say, that's often given like a special card in FIFA. This one will be more about like a player in a week who maybe has multiple great plays or if it's really just one play, one that really stands out and I'll kind of walk you through it. And then the final thing that I wanted to talk about is actually sort of related to FIFA very tangentially. I wanted to give some thoughts on the state of NHL 22 and kind of what I want to see happen with this game and the franchise going forward after this year. But first, let's talk about the game over the weekend. I I did misspeak. I said San Jose, but it was actually the Islanders that the Jets played. And this team, the Isles, they've been pretty good this season. I think uh, New York is very defensively sound, I would say. Uh, Whenever you watch Barry Trotz's team, the Isles are always locked down in the slot. Uh, Their goaltending really doesn't give you many opportunities to find many openings to score on. I mean, if the slot defense doesn't throttle you completely, then the goaltending sort of backs it up and really keeps a pretty good clean sheet. I mean, this defense is just annoying to play against, and the way that the Isles work, especially with uh, a lot of like cheeky little interference plays, um, a lot of stick handling and stuff against wrists, Lots of, like, illegal plays that don't get called in the NHL. It's it's one of those things that sort of works with this team's build because they're all very large, they're very physical, they like to slow the game down, really frustrate you, grind along the walls in the forecheck, force you to navigate through their slot and their neutral zone traps, and it's just, it's a bit of a mess. And so the Jets found themselves on the back end of a consecutive night of games. Didn't have nearly as much in the tank, but I will say that I thought the Jets still played pretty okay. I thought that they created some good chances off the rush. They did skate back and forth end-to-end pretty easily, and I felt like their counters and stuff created enough momentum and speed where... You felt like if they found the right opportunity in passing lane, they would score. And on a couple of sequences, they actually got close to scoring. I mean, they had one uh, that deflected off the crossbar. I don't even know how this puck didn't go in. I forget who batted it, but it was just barely off the bar and away. So unfortunately, you know, that goal might have been able to turn the tide of the game a little bit, but the Jets found themselves blanked on the evening thanks to uh, Ilya Sorokin, who kept a very nice uh, 
shutout going for the entire game. I thought his saves were pretty good. He didn't have as much work to do as Eric Comrie. Comrie at the other end, for the most part, I thought was pretty darn brilliant. Uh, It wasn't like a perfect performance. There were a couple of moments, especially when he played the puck behind the net, that I thought they were a little more dangerous and a bit risky and casual. Some of that is him needing to communicate with his defenders a bit more to try and work the puck away and and certainly keep it away from uh, really dangerous areas. I mean, one of the first goals was the result of a nasty little turnover from a miscommunication between him and I think one of his defenders, and suddenly Anders Lee was there for a tap-in. And so, a bit of an ugly first one, but overall I thought Comrie had a very good night. If this is the level of play that we're going to get from him throughout the regular season, the Jets don't have to worry about a backup. I've mentioned that before. I think that that is a a big point of contention for the Jets is their goaltending situation. But if they don't have to worry about fixing the guy in net behind Hellebuck, I mean, it's looking pretty okay then. And that means they can focus on other areas of improvement, which still needs to be the PK. Uh, The penalty kill just continues to be a bit of a disaster. And I don't know if it's really going to change if they maybe upgrade the personnel. I think it's really a tactical situation first and foremost, and until they start to coach more aggression and have the guys be a bit more active, it's going to look pretty ugly. Because the referees really didn't call any penalties, though, this game was more or less even strength the whole way. I think there were maybe two penalties called the whole game, and uh, one of them was against the Jets, and I think Winnipeg had a late, late power play. But after that, nothing else got called. And it's one of those situations where you're kind of like, there probably should have been three or four power plays at least. Uh, It was a very messy situation. I felt like this was a game that really favored the Isles. If there are no power plays awarded, the Jets are going to be in a little bit more trouble. It's not that they can't score at even strength, but a lot of their ability to uh, really punish teams and hurt them quickly is to score on the power play. They have a wealth of talent, and, and certainly passing and shooting talent being among the forefront of this. And if they don't get the chance to make use of that on an odd man situation, it's just not as easy for the Jets to work at even strength. So... I know it sounds obvious, but I think it's especially notable with Winnipeg. Their even strength play isn't bad. It's just not as good as some of the top teams. And I think that's kind of where the the balance of the lineup is still a work in progress. I think it's a lot better than it was before, but there are still some tweaks that should happen. I guess one other kind of funny note was that we did see Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley back check pretty aggressively in this game, especially on a couple of notable sequences. I think Connor probably saved one goal. Shifley had a really aggressive back check on another opportunity. This is more of what I want to see from both of them. It's not that they can't do it, it's that they just haven't done it previously. And so, if they continue to commit to defensive work and and really trying to force turnovers, sealing off puck carriers, I think you're going to see more growth in their game and their ability to influence the ice. This kind of stuff would really help the Jets work out of their own defensive zone because, let's be honest, the back end still doesn't have a lot of mobility, and until we get some like puck movers who are better at transitioning the play out of our own zone, I I think Winnipeg is still going to struggle and really needs to rely on their forwards. So that is a good sign, I guess. Overall, I really can't fault the effort in the game. I mean, it's a back-to-back, the second half of one, so you'd expect the team to be tired. I thought that they did surrender a lot of opportunities and odd man rushes. That was probably one of the things that they really need to work on. The odd man situations especially continue to be an issue, but... I just don't really see how that's going to get fixed anytime soon. And it's less of an issue if you just continually outscore your opponents, which the Jets are going to have to do in order to kind of stay afloat. So we'll see how they do on tomorrow night's game. They will probably win, but we'll see. For now, though, we are going to switch gears and talk about some of the top plays of the uh, the past week or so and some guys that I think are really worth keeping an eye on. But before we shift gears, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Indeed is your perfect hiring partner. Want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. 
Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all with Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. With Indeed assessments, you can reduce hiring time by 12% according to Indeed data worldwide. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. After talking about the sadness of getting shut out by the Islanders, I thought it would be fun to refresh the palette and go for something a little bit different. We are going to be doing a weekly series where we take a look at some of the top plays of the week and highlight the players who have made them. Usually these folks are probably on something of a scoring streak or maybe a couple of solid performances in a row, and I'll talk about why each play is very special, but starting off, we are going to go with my number three pick of the week, and that is Matthew Tuchuk's between-the-legs goal against the New York Rangers. Now, this goal was pretty cheeky because there was a nice feed from along the left flank, and Tuchuk basically just saw a space in front of the crease. At this point, the Rangers' defense was pretty much helter-skelter. There wasn't really any sort of structure, energy, or will to really fight, and Tuchuk just sort of had the space to himself, and he glides across the front of the crease and decided to show off a bit with a beautiful between-the-legs, almost-no-look goal that completely and utterly undressed Shesterkin and the Rangers' defense. And this is not the only time that the Rangers got embarrassed over the past couple of days or so. We'll talk about the other goal that you'll want to see if you haven't already. Which, sidebar, if you haven't seen that goal, you're just not a hockey fan, I have to be honest. Because it was literally everywhere. But this particular goal, I thought, was very impressive. It showed great balance, great composure, great hand-eye coordination, and it's just a very skillful finish. It's not often that you see, like, a shootout move being used at even strength in a hockey game. So, you know, props to Matthew Tuchuk. Tuchuk is kind of a fun player because he often gets this reputation of being like a really hard tackle, hard-nosed, gritty grinder, but honestly, Tuchuk is one of the most skilled wingers out there. He combines that edge, that physicality, the smarts to be in the really dangerous areas in front of the goalkeeper. You know, it's not a situation where he just sort of blindly puts himself up there. He's a very intelligent player when it comes to attacking the slot, and I think a lot of that tends to get overlooked because he does have a bit of a potty mouth. He talks a lot of smack and likes to get under opponent's skin, so I think that element of his game is often what people kind of focus on, but when it comes to being a truly ideal power forward, I really feel like Tuchuk is, well, he's a model example, and he's the kind of player that I think Winnipeg really should be trying to acquire. If he actually does hit the market on the uh, on the trade block and has like an opening in his heart to sign with the Jets long term, 
I would be very interested in something like that. You know, move some salary out on Winnipeg's end. Uh, send a couple of uh, prospects and picks and stuff that way. Nothing too crazy because he is an expiring asset, but I think the Jets could work out a deal that is beneficial for both sides. It definitely will not be cheap, but I, I could see a deal where the Jets exchange like a pretty good prospect and, you know, pick or two and uh, bring in Chuck, sign him long term and get him under contract. His skill in front of the net, his ability to grind along the forecheck and, and really create space for his line mates. He really is the closest analog to like a younger Marshan that I think we've seen. Also, he's one of the guys that tends to hurt our Winnipeg players whenever they play Calgary, so if you can reduce one less guy who can try to kill the Jets, I think that'd be okay. The second player of the week that we're going to highlight is Thatcher Demko with some unbelievable saves. Hilariously, uh, part of this performance over the week does actually include more highlights against the Rangers, and if you saw Demko's save against the, the, the New York Rangers power play, it was like a five on three, you know that he was an absolutely unbelievable Dominic Hasek-like presence in net. He made a beautiful kick save, he lost his blocker and still managed to keep his composure, he was flopping around but very purposely so. It felt like his body awareness and reflexes to read and react to different situations even though he was having to scramble constantly were still on point somehow. It was one of the most incredible sequences of saves I've ever seen, and he followed that up uh, about a night or two ago against Dallas with an absolutely draw-dropping uh, stick save that he somehow deflected the puck parallel to the goal line. Demko at times hasn't always looked like a, a premier starting goalie, but, you know, on these sequences and stuff, he shows that his immense talent and his original ceiling of being a true franchise goalie can sometimes still bleed through. He has, like, that Vasilevsky tendency to make these unbelievable contortionist saves that I don't know that anyone else can make. And he does it all under intense pressure because let's be honest, that Vancouver defense is not doing him many favors. So Demko, man, I don't even know what to say about that. That's a pretty jaw-dropping sequence of saves. And it would have been my number one choice for uh, top performance of the week, except Connor McDavid happened. And if you know what I'm talking about, you've already seen it. You've seen what he did to the Rangers defense. It was unbelievable. McDavid had to actually pull out of the offensive zone on a good rush and uh, was actually waiting for his teammates to come out of the offensive zone and then curled back with incredible patience and you did notice that there were four uh, ranger skaters in a pretty tight square right in front of him. McDavid just straight up did not care and somehow dangled between multiple defenders in incredibly tight spaces and just sort of blew through all four ranger skaters to pull off an incredible incredible individual goal. It tied the game at 5-5 and then set up the Oilers to win in overtime. So just, uh, I don't really know what to say else about this goal. I mean, if you haven't seen it already, just stop listening to this podcast right now. Go to YouTube and look up McDavid Rangers. I think it's easy to forget just how good players like McDavid are. These guys represent the peak of the sport at skill levels I don't know that anyone has ever achieved. That McDavid felt there was an opportunity to cut right through the entire Rangers defense, even if that team is struggling, it takes incredible confidence, incredible willpower, skill, speed, strength, and resolve, and he pulled it off beautifully. So it's just, it's crazy. It's truly one of the most unbelievable goals that I've ever seen in my lifetime, and it may be the goal of the year. Not sure if anyone will beat that goal, but uh, certainly, <laughs> yeah, you should just go watch it. And that is actually my list this week of uh, all the top performers. I highly recommend that you check out the highlights on YouTube. They were sensational, and we will have more such highlights and thoughts on next week's episodes. Probably some uh, extra plays later this week after we've had a full week of NHL action. 
But for now, I wanted to pivot the discussion a little bit. Uh, I've spent a couple of uh, weeks with NHL 22, and I thought I would talk a little bit about what I want to see for the franchise and ultimately in this game as the, the rest of the year goes on. Before talking about NHL 22, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 70 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Jets. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on NHL 22 and uh, ultimately where I see this franchise going. Obviously EA has been making headlines recently because they are losing the FIFA license, which is actually a pretty big deal. It's not entirely clear what the scope of the loss of the license means, but it does mean that most likely a lot of teams and competitions are going to be removed, at least for the time being. So when I think about FIFA and Madden and NHL, you know, oftentimes NHL is like the, the abandoned middle child of the family, right? This is a game that gets the least attention, and EA just doesn't really put a lot of resources into it. And NHL 22 came along with the idea that it was going to be a noticeable step up, a big update, a true next-gen refresh, and a game that should look a lot better. And in many respects, I think they mostly accomplished their vision of updating the visuals and making the gameplay feel uh, a lot smoother and better. But by the same token, I think a lot of the changes to 22, at least from my perspective, are very incremental. They have all these conversation bubbles and things that you can engage in and be a pro mode. You can kind of go on little excursions with your teammates, but all of that is like a very surface level interaction. And it just gives you like one or two little stat changes that don't have like a super huge bearing on what happens on the ice. So, you know, what often happens with these games is that it feels like EA will tell you, oh, we've overhauled all of these experiences, we're adding all this new stuff. But when you get down to brass tacks and you start experiencing it, you find that the changes aren't really all that innovative. And I kind of feel like that's the case with NHL 22. You know, they talked about the rework stick physics, which those actually do have an impact on the gameplay, I will say that. And I'll also say that the new passing mechanics do feel noticeably more difficult. The problem is, once you get past those changes and you start looking beyond the spruced-up visuals, you'll notice a lot of things haven't really been adjusted. The crowds look the same, the player animations are largely very similar, the overall feel of the game isn't that different. Obviously, like, the pass receptions and stuff are, are definitely a, a different experience, and the stick handling does leave a little bit more room for manual control and stuff, but overall, if you have to ask me, is this game a significant change from like NHL 21 or 20? Uh, I think it's more modest. And like at its core, the NHL franchise just needs to be rebuilt completely. I mean, as it is, the game is very stagnant. 
uh, you tend to notice a lot of things feel very familiar year over year. And while you could say that for like Madden and FIFA as well, it feels like FIFA, at least this year, really tried to rebuild, at least on next gen, the gameplay experience. I wouldn't say all the changes are for the best, but it is a different game than at least the last gen versions. And so I, I kind of look at NHL and think to myself, where is this next iteration of the franchise really coming in? It feels like we haven't had a meaningful change in ages. And even though 22 is a noticeable step in the right direction, I still feel like at the at the core level, the game needs to be torn down and rebuilt. The AI just feels too similar. You know, a lot of the scoring methods remain largely the same. Um, the interactions with your teammates and stuff always feel very stilted. Everything just has a, a weird feeling of a game that came out like 10 years ago, but has been given a couple of fresh coats of paint. And like a lot of the presentation stuff, it is cool, and I appreciate some of the new camera angles and highlight reels that they've assembled, but overall, you just can't help but feel like this game is still stuck in a past that, frankly, it's never going to break out of. EA needs to rebuild NHL from the ground up, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen unless they, like, switch to an entirely new engine. I would honestly be in favor of them moving to something like Unreal. You know, start fresh, start from scratch, and work to build a new foundation for this franchise, because as it is... The past game that they keep repackaging and, and sprucing up, it's getting to be a bit tiresome and cumbersome to kind of go through the same iterations. And while I do think 22 is still a, a meaningful enough upgrade to buy, I just don't think it's really worth the full price that they're asking. I'd be curious to know how you feel about the NHL franchise and where it's heading. I still feel like a lot of EA Sports titles need to be kind of rebuilt. And with all the licensing stuff that's happening, maybe this is the time that, you know, EA actually looks at the NHL franchise too and tries to figure out how to better make use of the license. Give me your thoughts at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. I'd love to know what you think about NHL and where it's going, uh, so be sure to hit me up on Twitter. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. We are going to have coverage tomorrow on the game that we're going to have against the St. Louis Blues, but for tonight's episode, that will do it. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so listen and subscribe today. As always, thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!